the knee into a really good look into the pool of uh, the talent pool of top targets for the 2022 class. Uh, we're going to go the, go through those. We're going to call it, I guess, you know, NFL guys have their mock drafts. Uh, we've got our Before the Hedges top targets version 1.0. That's only going to change about 53 times maybe. Uh, or it's going to evolve, I'm going to say, maybe about 30 times uh, or so, uh, 30, 35 times or so over the next 12 months, 13 months. Um, from maybe what we will cross our fingers and hope to say will be a uh, somewhat uh, normal or return to normal uh, recruiting cycle for the 2022 class. As you guys know, uh, the NCA is still limited visits on campus until December, excuse me, uh, excuse me, April of 2021, April 15, 2021. Already going to be a lot of different things for Georgia uh, and all NCA member schools trying to recruit this 2022 class. But Hey, if you're a realist like me, it's not going to be any different uh, than it was recruiting the entire 2021 class with basically basically about six weeks of on-campus visits. Uh, the rest of them were no contact, Zoom visits, Zoom calls, Zoom recruiting. Um, so there's a lot to get into. I think the first thing we're going to do is we've got to be true because there's a little bit, of le- little bit of recruiting left for the 2021 cycle, uh, and that is taking a look at the 2021 cycle. Uh, there's, let's just call for the top targets, uh, the top target. And that would be four-star, uh, cornerback Terrian Arnold out of, uh, Pope John Paul, uh, Catholic school in Tallahassee, Florida. That's P, uh, PJ two or P two P, uh, for, uh, for the 20, uh, 20 one cycle, Terrian Arnold. Uh, he's got a top five LSU, Texas A&M. I really, I think, kind of think it's more of a top three, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. Uh, if you notice this week, I thought it, over the last week or so, definitely since the Cotton Bowl, uh, I would say Florida's going to have some challenges quickly repairing a lot of the recruiting ties they have with a coveted in-state prospect like uh, like Terry and Arnold. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, uh, Florida has released or let go its secondary coaches, its cornerbacks coach. That's Torian Gray, who's very well respected across the Southeast. Also spent some time in the NFL with the Washington Redskins. And then Ron English, a veteran. Everybody likes that guy, a veteran safeties coach. So really the two main relationship builders or the relationship bridges for Terry and Arnold with Florida, uh, those guys have been replaced by Coach Dan Mullen. So that's certainly going to make recruiting a 2021 prospect in about three weeks when you can't even go online. I mean, you can't visit them. It's all going to be based on built-in relationships. I think the degree of difficulty for Florida to sign Terry on Arnold has been ratcheted way up. Whereas perhaps Alabama, they're just a gold standard. They have, I think, a little bit of room left in their 2021 class. So really, I think to me, uh, the as this thing would cycle down over the next four weeks, I think it's going to be um, the biggest challenges for Georgia to be able to secure and sign Terry and Arnold would be the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, let's look what they've done this season. Look what they've done under Coach Nick Saban during the pandemic. And then they just they just had a, a couple of Heisman Trophy candidates on that virtual ceremony yesterday. Uh, you know, one thing I, I want – I think I tweeted this out, but one thing I thought that was unique about Devonta Smith is I look back and I remember when I was doing the reporting when he was committed to Mark Ricks, Georgia. I remember uh, interviewing Devonta a lot. Everybody called him Tay back then. And uh, his mentor at the time, Vincent Sanders. And Vincent Sanders in, in uh, Louisiana, small town Louisiana, 
uh, he had a, a barbershop and uh, there was a barbershop and uh, Vincent Sanders told me, and it was published. It, there's a tweet out there that uh, I guarantee you in, that Devonta Smith will win a Heisman trophy one day. And he had been told by no less than three SEC head coaches that because Devonta had such good feet and he moved so well, and he was already crisp with, you know, separation in his cuts way back then uh, that he would win a Heisman trophy, that he was talented enough to win a Heisman trophy. And, Folks, the fact that I don't think anybody's won a Heisman Trophy in quite some time since the days of Charles Woodson and Desmond Howard, you got to go back more than 20 years. I think of the last uh, 20 Heisman winners, I think I saw were at 17 quarterbacks and three running backs. Uh, that was quite a prophecy for uh, Devonta Smith. He was very motivated. I think if you guys need to know the story, uh, I'll try and condense it. Uh, really, uh, there was a key recruiter from that area, Sam Pettito, who was uh, an analyst and one of the recruiter recruiting analysts on staff for Georgia, Mark Ricks, Georgia at the time. And of course, he was really connected to Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, that was a very good end for Georgia with Devonta Smith because uh, Coach Pettito really knew uh, that territory really well. He was from that area. He had a lot of uh, inner circle relationships uh, with a lot of people in that area, and they trusted him. And that was kind of what led uh, Devonta to Georgia. And then when Mark Ricks, Georgia, was no longer a thing, uh, Jeremy Pruitt was soon hired by Alabama. They also hired Coach Pettito and uh, Sam and became a member of that staff. And that kind of led to the bridge there between the Crimson Tide and uh, Devonta Smith. Um, another painful lesson about what the recruiting life is all about. It's about relationships. I think the big thing there for me was the fact that uh, it was a called shot more than five years ago that a wide receiver, a skinny wide receiver named Devonta Smith would be the best player in college football uh, at some point of his college career. I think that's a unique and a novel story uh, looking back on some of those uh, recruiting rewinds that we like to do from time to time. That was the tangent on Devonta Smith. I hope it wasn't as painful as me bringing up second and 26. But um, what we teased today, what we talked about today was we talked about um, – we talked about the uh, 2022 cycle and what that uh, what that's going to look like for Georgia. I think we're going to do uh, I think we're going to do a couple of things right now. What we're going to do is we're going to do uh, take a look at the top targets, and I think we're going to start. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of names for me to sort to because I, I had about 32 names that I think. You know, those guys. Any of those 32 could eventually matriculate and wind up at Georgia. Uh, that I thought, you know, a lot of those guys would be extremely talented. Um, but then I settled on an 11, uh, top 11, because I kind of felt that that 11, you know, there are 11 guys in the class. Uh, the first name I want to start with, there's 11 guys on the field at one time. Uh, the first guy I want to start with is a guy, uh, he's out of Texas. I think rivals just rated him as a five-star or as a top five D tackle in the country. Uh, the first name is Bear Alexander. He's out of Ryan High School in Denton, Texas. Uh, Big Bear is what he's called sometimes. I've had a chance to speak to Bear a couple of times. That would be one of the stories that you're going to see on Dog Nation this week as I'm trying to blitz you guys with a lot of 2022 content, kind of like the same thing as if I was at the Under Armour All-American game or the Under Armour Future 50 and talking to the top guys in the next cycle in the uh, month of January every year. And also when I get out to San Antonio in a normal year to visit those guys as well in San Antonio. There's the All-American Combine. There's a lot of their future uh, players in the next year's game. You get a chance to sit down and talk to a lot of those guys. 
Um, that's not going to happen in 2022, 2021 for the 2022 class, but I'm going to try and replicate that as best as I can. Um, Bear Alexander's a guy, he's told me, uh, man, he's big. He's, he's very ferocious. He's aptly named Bear Alexander. Uh, he's a guy that, to me, that really likes Georgia. He's talked to Georgia a lot. He's already communicating well with the Georgia staff, likes the relationships there, likes Trey, Trey Scott as well. But the one thing he told me is he's going to take quite some time before he makes his decision. He's going to either be a very late December 2021 guy or a February 2022 guy when he makes his decision. Uh, Bear Alexander is a bear, uh, no pun intended, uh, defensive tackle uh, in, out of the state of Texas. Um, number 10 is a guy, like I said, you guys are going to be writing, reading a lot about 2022s uh, on Dog Nation, especially this week. Uh, we've written about him already this week. This is Jeremiah Alexander. He's out of Thompson High School in Alabaster, Alabama. Is he a DN? Is he a linebacker? He's about six foot two right now. If he grows more, I think he's going to be an edge guy. I think he's more than likely going to be an inside backer. Very powerful. If you look at his junior film, he's really just chewing up and spitting out a lot of guards. Um, Jeremiah Alexander, uh, five-star. He's the number one weak side defensive end in the country right now, but he's about 6'2 and about 235, 240. So I don't know if he's going to have the, the, the ideal prototype measurables. Uh, to be an outside backer uh, for Dan Lanning's room for the Wolfpack in the SEC. A phenomenal football player, nonetheless. Uh, he's hearing from Marquise Groves Killebrew a lot. And uh, Georgia was in his top three. Uh, he's a former Alabama commitment as well. He decommitted, oddly enough, uh, nothing to do with Alabama. It's just that he told me he felt like he was playing for Thompson High School, trying to win a repeat state championship this year. And he was already playing for Alabama because everybody identified him as future Alabama uh, defensive lineman or Alabama commit Jeremiah Alexander. He didn't like the way that took away from his focus. And that's why he decided to commit so he could focus on being a high school kid and playing for Thompson High and being where his feet are in the moment. And he knew college football would get there. So that's an uncommon thing. I'm not really used to hearing a young man describe it quite that way and the feeling they had. But um, that's what felt right for Jeremiah Alexander. Number nine on our list, the defensive tackle. I know everybody likes uh, those big defensive tackles. Uh, Travis Shaw, I think he's the number two rated defensive tackle um, on the 24-7 sports composite. He's out of North Carolina, Grinsley High School. That's the Greensboro, North Carolina area. We all know how well Travion Scott does in the Carolinas, especially North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, nation's number two defensive tackle. That's a guy that really – Looks like a special player in the 2021 class, of course, Clemson, South Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama. All those schools are really on him as well. But I think George has done some good work with him early on to get him in that in that position. Uh, number eight on our list. And man, these guys just keep getting better and better. A uh, number eight on the list right now is a young man out of a very small city in Texas, Spearman High School in Spearman, Texas. That's Brennan Thompson. Uh, Brennan Thompson is, um, oh yeah, um, Michael, Michael informs you that I missed a guy. Um, I, I have a, I have a kind of a teleprompter laptop I'm working off right now. Uh, the number 12 guy on our list, let me go back to him, is Shamar Stewart. He's out of Opelika, Florida. Now you hear a lot of juice with him about LSU, but this is one of those big, you know, six foot five, 245 pound defensive end types, strong side defensive end types. I think he's a top 10 overall recruit in the country. Lots of folks are going after him, Alabama, Florida, uh, Ohio State, LSU, places like that. 
I've got him number 12 right now just because just that was a very contested recruitment. But he's one of those guys that the University of Georgia has the brand name and recognition to be able to pull in that guy for visits eventually, ultimately, or at least to draw some very strong attention. So apologize for not getting uh, Shamar Stewart at number 12. So I actually went to a dandy dozen and not um, 12 guys. Uh, I'd like to thank Michael Carvel behind the glass for helping me stay on point with that and not forget a five-star uh, hanging out there at number 12 on our first top targets for 2022. Uh, number eight, we were on Brennan Thompson. And that's out of uh, Spearman, Texas. Okay, Brennan Thompson is an athlete. I think he recently put the, out a top 12. Georgia made the top 12. Might have been a top eight, but Georgia made the top schools list. All I can say about Brennan Thompson is fast, 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 fast. Brennan Thompson has a mile split right now of 10.18. That is a verified official recorded laser time, a 10.18. And uh, Georgia is in the habit of uh, bringing in fast guys and fast dudes. But uh, 10.18 in your junior season, that is moving. Uh, I think uh, I saw somewhere, I don't know if this is a verified time or not, but Tyreek Hill ran a 10.19. The Cheetah uh, Tyreek Hill ran a 10.19 when he was in high school coming up. So that's the type of speed that Brennan Thompson has out of Texas. I think the interesting thing about Brennan though, is he's a little bit bigger than, uh, uh, he's a little bit bigger than, uh, the Cheetah, obviously at, at Kansas city, uh, a little bit bigger. I think he's about six, one, 175 pounds or so. He's a top 60 overall recruit. Um, and uh, he can really fly. I think he's rated as an athlete right now. You would look at him on either side of the ball. I think the big thing that Georgia needs to get in its 2022 cycles, they need to get a lot of playmakers out on the edge, especially playmakers at receiver type guys with balls in their hands, uh, getting the ball in their hands and just making guys miss. Um, you know, that's why uh, Brendan Thompson actually has Georgia in his top 12. That's Clemson, Nebraska, Auburn. Texas A&M, Texas, Stanford, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Oregon, Georgia, and Texas Tech. So that's a quite a novel top 12. But Brennan Thompson comes in at number eight on our first uh, top targets list of uh, 2000 uh, for the 2022 class. Uh, now, number seven is a name. I know you guys know this. He's currently committed to South Carolina. But for me, I still think uh, the biggest quarterback target uh, – for Georgia on Georgia's mind would be Gunner Stockton out of Raven County. Uh, Gunner's set with another year like he's had for his first three years to basically own the Georgia high school uh, passing record book. I think he's, I think he's only, he's somewhere around 9,800 yards right now through seat through three seasons. I know he's well over 180, 190 touchdowns by this point, I think 100, 135 or, or so touchdowns coming in. Uh, just a prolific uh, young man, uh, Gunnar Stockton, committed to South Carolina still, even though they had the coaching change right there. I think right now, quarterback's going to be – it's nothing against Gunnar's skills right here. I've got him at number seven, even if he's just currently committed to South Carolina. Uh, basically because I think Georgia's in a very good spot right now, a quarterback with um, JT Daniels coming back for his uh, redshirt junior season. Uh, and then. Um, you, you've got, you know, Brock Vandergriff signed, set to enroll on January the 11th. And then you've also got Carson Beck and uh, 
Carson Beck there and also uh, Stetson Bennett, the, the, the fourth there as well. So quarterback isn't such as a major need for the program as it has been in maybe a year or two ago. And that's why Stockton, whose talents probably would make him a number number one, two, three type guy on this list. I just don't think quarterback is a big priority. If you guys follow our top targets uh, that we do all the time, uh, it's it's kind of a gumbo. I use that word a lot, but it's a mixture of how well uh, the guys play, their overall ability and potential, but also a really good fit and a need basis and not just mutual affection from both Georgia and from the prospect uh, and how he feels about Georgia's recruiting him as well. So I got, I got Gunner at number seven. Uh, I couldn't believe when I, when I was putting this together, I, I went to number six and um, Daniel Martin out of Marietta high school comes in at number six. Uh, I think I kept flip-flopping him around between four five or six a lot, but uh, Daniel Martin was a state champion last year at Marietta, not this year in his junior year, but prolific young man. We wrote about him when he was at the Georgia elite classic. Uh, he, got, he still has that home feel about Georgia, you know, Marquise Groves, Killebrew. They've been, teammates together on the hustle link seven on 17 uh just that defensive prototype i think he winds up an edge guy an outside linebacker i think he winds up a maybe even a defensive athlete type as well but you know incredible skill set he he could be a great tight end he's a great receiver for marietta high school this year as well uh daniel martin definitely a uh hot target and a priority for georgia recruiting the outside linebacker position uh, defensive athlete position, even for the class of 2022. And now we begin with our top five. And the top five is a guy that I, 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 number five, we're going to go with a running back out of Mississippi. And I, I've been following this, this fella for quite a while. He's a 3.5 GPA. Um, he has, uh, uh, I'm just going to say it. He has a 600 pound squat already as a running back in the class of 2022. Um, very powerful six one. I think he's about 215 pounds. That's the guy that I think still makes sense to Georgia because he can catch the ball. He can be a three down back. But when you look at him, the model I get is some of that Nick Chubb can go between the tackles, can outrun DBs and safeties and can just get those hard yards to get those dog yards that, you know, you go to clinics and, you know, you, you listen to Del McGee when we have the chance to speak to Del McGee. I remember when I talked to him at, during the bowl sessions when, when, when we were when we were allowed to travel and visit Georgia during during the bowl, the bowls for the um, national championship game and for the Rose Bowl. Uh, I remember Del, Del McGee always stating that he looks for that running back that can get the dog yards, which are the yards when he is in. Uh, space when uh, it's up to him to make a play. The the play design got him so many yards. His offensive line got him so many yards. Now, how many how many how many more yards can he get? How many extra yards after that contact or that initial defender appears to have him hemmed in? How many yards can his talent get him? I think Branson Robinson delivers on all that. He's just a three star back, but he's putting up great stats. Um, very valued by his program in the Germantown High School area in Mississippi. Just a three-star, but for me, like I said, I get that I get that number 27 vibe a little bit. I'm not going to say his name, but I get that number 27 vibe with what he is, how he works, what he's like in the weight room, how powerful he is, how he can punish guys and run away from guys, how he's just very hard to get on the ground. Um, I think Branson Robinson would be an ideal fit for Georgia in the 2022 class at running back because I do think they got to get two guys at running back in the 2022 class. 
Uh, number four is a guy I'm going to write about this week on Dog Nation as well. That is Jalen Walker out of Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, Jalen Walker is a uh, – he's rated as an outside linebacker. I think he's probably – his best fit might be an inside backer. He's just not very long as well. Uh, he's an Under Armour All-American. There's a lot of things I like about Jalen Walker. He's a basketball player. He's explosive. His father is a college coach. Georgia has made his top six. Uh, just a, I, I, you know, when I, when I talk to Jalen Walker, uh, I get the feeling, the same feeling that, that I got when I was talking to a DeAndre Swift and Andrew Thomas and the Kobe Dean. The guy just has it all together. Very polished, very professional. You know, you listen to him in an interview setting and he's good enough to go, to go and uh, speak to reporters, at, you know, right now if he would be a college freshman. Uh, his dad is a head coach at college football in the state of North Carolina. Um, at a lower tier program, not a power five program or anything like that. Uh, just really has his, his head on straight. He's really got a strong head on his shoulders, but he's throwing down dunks on the basketball court. He is a physical uh, defender, uh, knows where to be. He brings his pads. He plays well. Uh, he plays uh, like the son of a college head coach. Uh, Jalen Walker, Georgia's in his top six. Jalen Walker, if you will recall, he was the guy for the Vanderbilt game that was scheduled to come and wanted to do one of those buy a ticket, no contact visits as well. And then when the Vanderbilt game was canceled, Jalen Walker still found his way, still made the trip with his family to check out, you know, what Athens looks like on a Saturday, look around the community, walk around the campus. Um, Jalen Walker, he is number four, very impressive young man. Number three in our list, and I, I guess I, I want to say a lot more about these top three, top four guys, but I know i, I got to keep some pace to our show tonight. Um, number three is a five-star running back, Emmanuel Henderson. That is the number one running back in, out of the, in the country out of Geneva County High School in Hartford, Alabama. Three-down running back, guys. He, he played – this is how good Emmanuel Henderson is. Emmanuel Henderson was bothered by an ankle sprain. His legs bothered him all, all his entire junior year, uh, and yet he still – put up 1,600 yards and about 18, 19 touchdowns. Uh, he wasn't at his best. He probably played most of the season until very late at around 80, 85, 90%. And he still was able to put up all state type numbers. And he's rated as the nation's number one running back on the 24 seven sports composite uh, uh, for the 2022 class. I, like I said, he's got a guy with a skill set. He, he's kind of more of that swift, a bigger swift, more of a Sony Michelle type back. I still see Georgia trying to look for that thunder and lightning, an example of each, even in Todd Munkin's offense. But I do think the the passing game skills of like a Branson Robinson and then the, the passing game skill set of an Emmanuel Henderson are, are elevated comp compared to maybe a lot of the, the backs Georgia has recruited over the last four or five years. Emmanuel Henderson is from Hartford, Alabama. That's in lower Alabama. He's almost at the state line there um, in, in like the Dothan area right near Florida, not too far away from Xavier Sori. And Emmanuel has actually told me that he, he knows uh, through a family friend, through a cousin or something like that. He actually knows Xavier Sori there a little bit as well. Number three, Emmanuel Henderson. You know, when you cover the University of Georgia, covered University of Georgia recruiting, you got you to gotta take a good look at the running backs, especially in a cycle after Georgia just, just only signed one running back in the uh, 2021 cycle in the Blasier Carroll. I think Georgia needs to go after two court, two running backs, two very elite running backs in the 2022 cycle to kind of restock that room because they're always looking for about five scholarship running backs in that room to play in the rough and rugged SEC. Number two, 
Mikel Williams, he's just a four star right now, but I think a term I use is he's he's a five star. He just hasn't been awarded that yet. Six five, about two sixty. Um, he dominated uh, the Georgia League Classic. He had seventeen sacks in his junior year. He's at a Hardaway High School in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, Dell McGee, that name's coming up a lot today. He is recruiting Mikel Williams. Um, Mikel Williams came out with his top ten on uh, New Year's Day, like he said he was said he was going to. We spoke to him late November, uh, I think late October, November, when uh, uh, we, we got to see him play on a Thursday night, dominated. And But Mikel's interesting because I think he can be a D tackle, he can be a D end. I think he could even be an offensive tackle if he wanted to be. Uh, Mikel Williams tells me he's going to – he's got a specific commitment date in mind. I think that's in August. He wants to do that to honor his family. Uh, he also would come down to a top three maybe sometime in May. That's what he's thinking right there. So Mikel Williams has kind of got a plan in mind. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, it sounds to me Clemson is, is a school that he really likes. I know his family has a lot of support for the Alabama Crimson Tide as well, as they should, considering what the Crimson Tide have done over the last four or five years. Uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years, excuse me. Number one guy on the list, let's get to number one. That is Malachi Starks out of Jefferson High School. Um, what can you say about this guy? Malachi Starks is a five-star. Uh, he plays uh, quarterback and he run heavy offense at Jefferson High School. They made it all the way to the, the, the state championship game. It was a great effort against, uh, against Marist. Malachi, as you guys will read about in the coming days, wasn't very healthy in that game, but he never, let, he never made an excuse about that. He never let it be known about that. Uh, Malachi is a guy that, to me, I, everybody, I think he's, he's not going to grow enough to be an, an inside backer or a linebacker. I think he's just going to be a brilliant uh, all-SEC type safety. And Malachi is the type of guy that I could see uh, going to an SEC media days. He, to me, epitomizes what you're looking for to anchor a program around, uh, to be that uh, all-everything safety, physical, smart, represent the program well, always do the right thing. Uh, this young man has exemplary character on and off the field. And I think um, I think previous stories we've written about Dog Nation really, really conveyed that and really showed that. But, you know, for me, with the stuff I've written about him so far, about, you know, being um, influenced by tragedies in his life and wanting to honor folks he's lost and, you know, just to be a good big brother, I, that was really just the tip of the iceberg about the Malachi Stark story. And I'll, I'll have the privilege and the honor of sharing that with you guys in the next next couple of days. Malachi Starks has a top three, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. You told me recently uh, after that loss to Marist in the state title game that he hasn't really spent a lot of his focus thinking about recruiting because he, there's, there's really no recruiting to take place while you're trying to win a state championship. And he thought maybe his thoughts would drift towards recruiting now. Um, that he has some free time after his uh, junior season is over. Malachi Starks is about 6'2", about 200 pounds, uh, very fast. Uh, I think he's a high 4'4 type speed, uh, lots of range, a lot of ball skills. He can make a lot of plays at receiver. Uh, he's a quarterback. I think one of the most brilliant games you'll ever see is in the semifinals. He ran for 300 yards, four touchdowns. I think he threw a touchdown. And then he picked off a pass in the final two minutes to ice the game and to seal the game for Jefferson High School and the Dragons. Uh, I think I'm going to say this because I think it's what I feel. Uh, I've been covering the Georgia recruiting beat for about five or six years now. And I'm going to say I can't think of all around total package. I can't think of I can't think of five or six more players that I've been more impressed with than I than I am with Malachi Starks. That's just 
he is the total package. And that's why he's number one on this list. Um, Malachi starts out of Jefferson high school, just, just carries himself the right way. Um, so many positive things I've heard about him. You know, I've, I've had some time to, to spend some time around the Jefferson high school program this year. And man, everyone just raves about this kid. Like he's the guy that, um, he's the guy that you want to see all that God given ability blessed with, uh, because he's going to do the right things with it and he's going to better his community. Uh, so right there, there are your top targets. And I know I probably spent a lot longer than you guys thought. Now there's a, there's another list of big names. Uh, I, I, I will this down. I think the number for me could have been higher, but I whittled this down. There's a couple other names in here. I think I, I went a little too deep on quarterback. I went a little too deep on running back, but I think the big names to know, aside from those guys in the class, let me just roll through them. Uh, number first, and these are in alphabetical order, of course, Catron, Fatman, Allen. That's a, that's a running back out of IMG Academy. Folks that have covered that program and watched that program over the last couple of years, Catron will be spending his third season at IMG Academy this fall. And for a lot of folks, the last two years, his highlights have been every bit as impressive. And he's kind of been the, the feature back uh, or the co-feature back, as well as Lavoisier Carroll, the Georgia, the extremely talented, you know, top 115 overall prospect, Lavoisier Carroll in the 2021 signing class. Um, the next name is Kojo Antwi. That's out of Lambert High School in Swanee. Uh, Kojo recently dropped his top eight. Georgia was in there. Big receiver, fast receiver. I think Georgia obviously needs to have a lot of home run hitters and a lot of special athletes in their 2020 class at receiver because I don't think they did that uh, in the 2021 class. Just, you know, those game-breaking dudes with the momentum they had from 2019 with Pickens and Blaylock and then 2020 with Arian Smith and Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, and Jermaine Burton, uh, and then Justin Robinson. I, I just don't think that the athlete, the the pure game breaker, been the man, done it on the field, uh, unstoppable type film. Uh, I just don't think Georgia got that at, at the receiver position in the 2021 cycle. Um, lots of talented guys, guys with a lot of upside, like hidden high four stars, but you know, the, the guys I think Georgia needs to get to make that offense elevate under Todd Munkin in the future of Georgia football, just the way college football is going right now. I really think they need to get, um, I really think they need to get more playmakers, guys that are special with the ball in their hands. Uh, and I think that's what they're looking for in future classes. Another running back here is Javante Barnes. Uh, Georgia uh, offered him when they were recruiting uh, Darnell Washington. He's out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Desert Pines High School. Yes, that is the same high school which produced um, uh, Darnell Washington. So Georgia has good connections there. Four-star offensive tackle Tyler Booker out of IMG Academy. Uh, I think he's going to drop a top 12 or a top 10 soon. He's been to Georgia a lot in 2018 and 2019. Just a big physical guy. He's actually out of Connecticut. Uh, Florida is really going to be a really tough team to beat there for Tyler Booker, but there are a lot of good things to like about, about Tyler Booker. He's been a, a teammate of Marlon Dean, a teammate of uh, over the last couple of years, a teammate of um, Warren, Warren Brinson, a teammate of Lassier Carroll. So there's some ties there for Georgia. Another quarterback is Braden Davis. He was the uh, highly rated prospect out of Rhode Island who moved down to Florida for his junior year. Um, big quarterback runs a little bit. Uh, that's one of those quarterback names I think everybody should keep an eye on. If I had to go another name on this list and I went to 13, uh, it would be Oscar Delp of West Forsyth, uh, just a special athlete, LSU. Clemson recently offered him. Georgia's recruited him hard. 
recent, you know, the last time I talked to Oscar Depp and when I reported on Oscar Depp during, during his junior year was cut short by injury, but Oscar had been told by, he, he, it was made clear to him from Georgia tight ends coach Todd, Todd Hartley, that he was the number one target at tight end for Georgia in the 2022 cycle. Uh, the next name on the list is Emory Floyd out of Hillgrove. He's a safety in my mind. Uh, really fast. I mean, explosive fast. Uh, his goal is to break 21 seconds in the uh, 200 meters this year in track. He thinks the 10-2 is possible uh, in the 100 meters. Just a, you know, He's got family ties, family roots coming out of Jamaica. He admires Usain Bolt. Uh, he even told me when we spoke, uh, I think yesterday, that he wants to make his commitment on May the 7th. Uh, for a very special reason, and you guys will be reading about that on Dog Nation uh, short shortly. Uh, really good kid, really fast kid. Seems like Georgia. I mean, folks, I, I, it dawns on me that you you hear about Keely Ringo and his ten three nine. You hear about uh, Arian Smith who had ten three speed in high school. Uh, if Georgia was to add a, an Emory Floyd who has ten three speed and even more than that. Uh, I don't know if there's been any time in history when Georgia could have 10 guys that can run a 10-3 on the football field or on the football team at the same time. And that's even after losing a guy that uh, ran a 10-3 in Tyson Campbell, uh, who declared today for the NFL draft. And, oh, let's not forget Keely Ringo, who ran a 10-3-9 when he was a senior out in Arizona as well. So that would be speed to burn. Uh, Another running back list is Oakland High School's um, Jordan James. He recently put Georgia in his top four, top five during his junior year. That's out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Another guy that I like a lot, his game is Shamar James out of Faith Academy in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Shamar, you know, obviously he's in Alabama country and Auburn country, but he's a guy that can throw the ball 50 yards. He can play receiver. He can long snap. He can be a great defensive player. Uh, just He's rated as an athlete. He's one of the top 100 players in the country. Uh, very intelligent young man. I think he has a good connection with a, a former uh, alumni of Faith Academy that's now on the on the coaching and personnel staff at UGA. And I think that gives Georgia a really good chance in his recruitment. Uh, the next name on the list, I think might even be the, the biggest wide receiver I that I really like in the 2022 class. That's four-star wide receiver, AJ Johnson. That's out of uh, Newman high school, Isidore Newman in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, you guys will do a quick name check and raise your eyes as I talk about AJ Johnson, because that's, the, that's the high school where 2023 quarterback Arch Manning, uh, is making his name with the family business under center. Uh, AJ Johnson, another big wide receiver. I think he's a medium tier four star right now, maybe number 20 overall receiver, uh, great upside, big play, big playmaker. He's, uh, he's had his, he has had his thoughts on Georgia. Georgia has been recruiting him hard for quite some time. Cortez Hankton really is big in the state of Louisiana, especially in new Orleans as a new Orleans, Louisiana native, uh, AJ Johnson has been a target for quite some time. Another offensive line. One thing about, I think that I'll, I'll, I'll readily admit about this class is offensive linemen to me are not standing out to me in the class. That's because Georgia has, has put together a class that has guys like, um, Chad Lindbergh, Tate Ratledge, uh, Broderick Jones, Cedric Von Prime. And then they have this year with guys like Micah Morris, Dylan Fairchild, um, Amarius Mims, uh, Jared Wilson. It's going to be hard for me to find guys that can push those two classes right now. One of those guys I think could is Addison Nichols out of Greater Atlanta Christian. He's an Eagle Scout of all things. He's a full-fledged Eagle Scout. He got all of his badges by the age of 18. Uh, Great young man, great family, great, great kid. Uh, There's 
it's the type of guy that you would want representing your university. Addison Nichols is the guy that could be a, a great anything. He's also a great and nasty and powerful offensive lineman with great film. Uh, four-star wide receiver Sam Mbake out of Brookwood's also on this list as on top targets for 2022, especially in those other big names to know. He's an All-American Bowl pick already. Um, he's out of Brookwood. Uh, really love his story. Fun guy to be around. Makes plays. One of those big you know, type receivers. Uh, Georgia has done a very good job of recruiting him up to this point. Um, going to rip through the last uh, last few. MJ Morris out of Pace Academy. We've been writing about MJ a lot. Another one of those guys that has his head on right out of Pace Academy. Can run it a little bit, can throw it a little bit. Uh, MJ Morris has told me he's going to take a long time to make his decision. He's going to need visits, going to need a lot of visits to figure out. Uh, a lot of schools are vying for his services. Uh, again, a dual threat quarterback, uh, plays some baseball as well, wants to play baseball in college. Uh, Georgia has long been recruiting him and recruiting him and talking to him. Another name, Kristen Miller out of Cedar Grove in Ellenwood, Georgia, is another guy that can kind of play offensive tackle or defensive line. Uh, very outgoing young man. He's the type of guy when you meet him, you're immediately struck by his charisma and uh, just the shine and the life between his eyes. He's a nasty D tackle uh, out of uh, – Cedar Grove High School, a lot of good defensive linemen there at Cedar Grove High School. Great program there at Cedar Grove High School. I mean, really, he's the type of guy that you could sit there and, you, you know, if it was anything, if he wasn't six foot four and 275 pounds with great work ethic and great tenacity and a great desire, play some basketball right now. He runs track. He throws the shot put. Seems like an ideal guy that checks all the boxes for what Kirby Smart and Travion Scott are looking for for their class. Really connected with Tyree West. Those guys want to play together. Also connected with Mikel Williams. Those guys casually refer to each other as family all the time. They would really like to play together. Uh, recent LSU decommit, Kamari Rogers. He's a cornerback out of Lexington, Mississippi. He also makes the list. I think he's a top seven, top eight cornerback in the class. Uh, five-star Keon Sab. He's the number one safety in the country. Of course, that's going to be a hard pull for Georgia out of Williamstown, New Jersey. Uh, he recently had Georgia in his top 15, Keon Sab. Number one safety in the country. Uh, another offensive lineman I really like in this class is Quayshawn Sapp out of Lee County in Leesburg. No official ratings for him yet. I just know him to be a great center interior line prospect. A guy that would, would readily play it all. He's also really tight with Tyree West. Wouldn't mind playing with Tyree West as well at the next level. He played for Lee County, which had, I think, perhaps one of the most thrilling games in the uh, Georgia High School State playoffs. Uh, a guy that can play up and down, very physical up and down the line. Really like his game a lot. And lastly, another running back, uh, Tevin White out of North Stafford High School in Stafford, Virginia. Guys in Virginia didn't get, get to have a football season. Their season's going to take place in the spring. Very odd for me to say that. I like Tevin White's game. He's another guy that can play uh, all three downs, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Big back, I think he's well over six foot two. And uh, for anybody that liked 90s R&B like I did, he was actually named after Tevin Campbell, of all things. Tevin White, named after Tevin Campbell. Can we talk about the 2021 recruiting class? I don't know. Can we talk Tevin Campbell, that old hit? He was named after Tevin Campbell. Guys, that is the first really good run through. We stretched our legs talking about the 2020 recruiting class. It's already time to get excited about these new names for the 2021 cycle. You guys have a question about that, make sure you drop it. Um, in the or a name, you make sure you drop it in the YouTube feed, the Facebook feed. I had to speed through a lot of information. You hadn't seen me pick up my phone yet, but um, I will take some time in the back half of our show to review a lot of questions and to facilitate a lot of answers to your questions. 
But right now, Jeff's been talking a whole lot, and it's time for what I call always with my producer uh, behind the Zoom, so to speak. That would be Michael Carvel. It's time for us to take a look at uh, our special message each week from Kroger. Uh, everybody wants to go Krogering. Kroger took care of everybody during the holidays, making sure those tables were full and those families were fed. Check out this message this week from Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys, we're back. You just had the soft, subtle tones of Brandon Adams right there. Uh, that was the first half of our show, taking a long look at all things um, 2022 recruiting cycle. Lots of names to get through. I really feel good about a lot of those names on those top target lists because those are just special football players, guys that even in this pandemic era, I think Georgia has really made an impression on them, and they've really um, made an impression on Georgia. Um one of the things we, we have for the back half of our show, excuse me, if you guys have been following uh, some of the coverage this week, is I, I've been working on a series about Brock Vandegrift. Um, I wanted to do one of those old school, big time stories about expansive stories about Brock Vandegrift. But of course, now nobody's really got time to read those 3,000, 2,000 word stories. So what I'm doing is I'm breaking it up little by little into segments each week, which I kind of called, um, pardon the two and a half star pun, uh, building Brock stories about what has led the five-star quarterback signing Brock Vandegrift to Georgia. Um, the second of those went up right before our show today on our site, which was about what it means to him to be a Georgia Bulldog. But it was a really cool story I got to tell there about, you know, why he chose Georgia and now what it means to him to have been such an invested part of this different 2021 recruiting class that's on the pages of dognation.com right now. But, you know, while I was putting this together, I wanted, um, there was some good video from December. One of the things we were doing, we're on the road is we couldn't really get the video of Brock Vandegrift's uh, signing to you guys, but uh, we've got that tonight. I wanted to show you guys a little bit of that because I think it's very, um, very moving to listen how his father, Greg Vandegrift speaks about Brock, but also what Brock had to say as well. Um, you know, this video was provided to us by those by some good friends there at Prince Avenue Christian. Um, this was their in-house ceremony at Prince Avenue Christian. Uh, let's take a look right now. Let's kind of go to the tape right now. It's some old school sportscasters like to say, I want to take you back to the day when Brock Vandegrift signed with Georgia. Good morning, everybody. Happy to have y'all here. This is an exciting day for two families and an exciting day for our extended family at Prince. Um, and we're just happy that you're here. Um, I know you guys don't want to hear me. You want to hear them and see them. I do want to say on behalf of Prince Avenue Christian School, Landon and Brock, we are both, uh, both of you, we are extremely proud of you guys. Um, you guys have been great representatives for Prince Avenue, uh, both on and off the field. And uh, we just couldn't be prouder 
Um, and we would not be where we are today still playing without you guys and the leadership you provided. And we really are appreciative of what you have done and what you've still got left to do uh, before the end of the year. I'm gonna give this a little harder. You know, Brock, um, I want to congratulate you. You know, as a seventh grader, when your mother was mad because you're terrorizing your sisters in the morning and said, he's going with you to work at 6 a.m., she didn't know you was going to fall in love with the weight room. And she didn't know that after three weeks, she looked at me and she said, look, he don't have to do that anymore. I said, okay, I'll tell him. And he decided, no, I, I like it. We're going to do this. And from, you know, just that seventh grade of going to the weight room and, you know, again, football was just fun and sports were just fun. And, you know, you saw these other young men working hard and, and I'm sure through many conversations with people in your life that, you just look at it and said, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself to be the best I can. And you've done it. And I want to congratulate you for that. And, you know, what you've done for us here at Prince from me telling you you're going to be a receiver your freshman year and you looking at me like, okay, Dad, I trust you. And just doing a good job and, and just – Again, probably career records here at our school that'll never be broken, except for, for Philo. He's going to break them. All right. But, uh, you know, career records that may never be broken. And, and if you look at the state records that for, for most yardage or something, they're all four-year starters. And so you've done a great job. You've represented us well. You've played hurt. You've played injured. You've played injured the whole year. And... You haven't done anything you wouldn't expect that you wouldn't ask of your teammates. You played hard. You played injured. I think you showed and represented that well to your teammates, and that's all I can ask as a coach and more than I can ask as a father. And, and I'm saying congratulations. Go to Georgia. Do the best you can. Get a free education. Your mom and I will be there every weekend. And thank you, son. I appreciate it. All right, so Brock, so I, I interviewed your dad several years ago, and, you know, he talked about the daughters, and he said, I got a son, he's a pretty good baseball player, he's a good little athlete, he's got a chance, you know, blah, blah, blah. Didn't really pay me. I wasn't, I wasn't hiring a middle school uh, snot-nosed kid. I was hiring a football coach, but it turns out it, it, it turned out to be a pretty good perk that came with the hire uh, for our program and our school. But um, just watching you mature and grow up, it's been fun. Um, and you've handled all this pretty well, and that's a credit to you. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, everybody wants it until they have it, and it's, it's tougher than it looks, and you've handled it with pretty good class and dignity, and I'm really proud of you for that. 
And just knowing the Georgia program like I do for as long as I have, I'm really thankful as an alumni of Georgia that, that you're going to go there and be a Bulldog. So with that being said, I want to hear from you now. Hey, guys. Thanks you all, thank you all for coming out. Uh, I got a little thing I'd like to say. Um, first off, I'd like to start by saying that all I've ever wanted to do was play college football and make my family proud. I'd like to start by thanking my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without, none of this, without him, none of this would be possible. I'd also like to thank my family. They have been here with me and supported me every step of the way. Thank you to my friends and coaches who have all been very influential in my life as well. It is crazy that I've been dreaming of playing college football since I was a ball boy at the sidelines at Woodward Academy. The move to Prince did not make sense to me at the time, but I could not be more pleased with how we were treated when we moved here and how great of an environment it is for me. Thank you, Prince Avenue, for everything that you have done to get me where I am today. As one chapter ends, another begins. I am more than excited to become an official Bulldog as of today. Thank you all for coming out, and go dogs. Okay, so Brock, let's, uh, let's, let's make it official and go ahead and get your signature and get this out of the way. Congratulations. Both these schools are getting great kids, and I'm, I'm super excited for the schools, but I'm really super excited for these kids, and, and I know you parents are really happy. Uh, this, um, this will conclude our service. I just want y'all to understand what a big deal this is for a school like Prince Avenue. Um, this is a big deal. And, and without families and kids like this, we don't, we don't have the success we have. And I'm really proud and thankful to be a part of it and just look forward and pray for God's blessing on both your lives. Thank y'all for coming. All right, guys, that might be go down in history one day. You can remember the time on Before the Hedges on Wednesday night brought to you by Kroger uh, that you saw the day Brock Vandergriff signed with UGA, and that was not intentional poetry or whatever. Sometimes the, the fellow that's doing all this talking about recruiting, college football recruiting for the University of Georgia, the guy that does that every Wednesday night just kind of gets lucky with a little poetry there. Um, so there you have it. It's our top targets. I thought it was very emotional. What did you guys think when you, you, I think I, when I wrote about it earlier this week, there was like a 28 second, 29 second pause where Greg Vandegrift, great guy to talk to, great quote, very good communicator, um, needed a 29 second pause in order to collect his thoughts about his son while also speaking about him as his head coach. I love that story about how he terrorized his sisters and that kind of spark was kind of the genesis of his insane work ethic in the weight room. I mean, bench press well over 300 pounds, squat right at 400 pounds, maybe a little north of that now. Um, well, with the injury, uh, probably not so with the injury, but you know, he was power cleaning 320 pounds this season um, prior to the uh, prior to the injury as well. So, I mean, right at 320. I mean, he was he was kind of gunning for a school record right there. He's set to enroll at Georgia on January the 11th. Uh, some good stuff we've already uh, started to share with everybody on dognation.com about Brock Vandegrift. That was huge top targets list. I was able to rip through a lot of the names and kind of formulate the names as I see them in terms of priority, need, everything else for the 2022 cycle. Um, one thing I want to do, and that, guys, the question light, the green light right there, you got questions? Uh, you want to ask me a question about anything? I'll do my best to facilitate or come up with an answer I can share. 
or maybe I can't share um, regarding what's going on uh, in uh, Georgia 2022 recruiting, 2021 recruiting. But I want to I want to take a minute, like I said at the top of the show, to brag a little bit because um, nobody asked me to do this. I just heard about this, and you know, this is the part of our show where we show kind of we called it online chatter. Not a lot of chatter right now. A few things, but not a whole lot. Um, but one of the things I want to share is this picture first. And there's a story behind this picture. Uh, I want to pull up this picture right now. I'm going to call for it. Uh, this is from uh, Adele, Adele, Georgia. Hope I, I've got my South Georgia dialect on right. Uh, Adele, Georgia. Um, and uh, this is a story about... Um, so Dog Nation had this thing a while back where um, where we had the ultimate fan contest. And uh, the ultimate fan was where a lot of people sent in their stories and shared their stories and about, you know, and the ultimate fan, the winner of the ultimate fan contest, uh, they got a $500 gift card from Kroger. Well, um, our, our, our team at Dog Nation was so uh, – Moved, I guess the word is move, touch, whatever you want to do. But um, someone in the police department in Adele, Georgia, uh, not a lot of players really, really around Adele. I think that's Cook Cook County, Cook County in Georgia, I think, if I've if I got my South Georgia towns right. Um, they entered the Ultimate Fan Contest, and, and uh, we were so moved by it, we sent 25 uh, Dog Nation face masks. I don't know if you've seen them yet. They're very limited edition. Maybe I'll show them to you next week, but um, they're Dog Nation face masks. And I'm sure if you watch Brandon's show all the time, you've seen them. But I think there's a there's a Rose Bowl shot. There's a, a Sony Michelle Nick Chubb shot. There's a Georgia Beat Florida shot where the face mask itself is some great headline or great moment out of uh, Dog Nation's coverage of the Georgia football program. And we sent 25 of those masks down to the part to the department. And those those very those officers uh, love them, and we appreciate that. We appreciate their their support, and when they pay attention to what Dog Nation does. But you know, they didn't win the five hundred dollar gift card, and um, they 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 just still sent us a th- sent us an email of their thanks for the contest for running it, and and the reason why you know they wanted to participate in the contest is they wanted to donate that card to a uh, organization called Toys for Cook Kids to feed the hungry. Toys for Cook Kids. And this just gets me, man. I guess I'm an old softy in my in my 40 years of age now, right? Ever 40 plus years of age, but this type of stuff gets me, especially around the holidays. Um, we 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 flipped that note over to Kroger, and then Kroger in turn sent them a $500 gift card to donate to that organization anyway. I mean, I mean, really, guys. I mean, that, that that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, we got a photo there. There they are, kind of rocking some of their Dog Nation gear. They got a police cruiser there. Uh, and, and this is what, that's what it's all about. The chance to help others. I think, you know, without going on some long soapbox or whatever, I think our time here on earth is spent in service to others. It's spent best in service to others and, um, whatever gifts we have, whatever talents we have in this life, if we can use those to help others, I think that is every day you can do that. That's a very good day. Um, so, you know, nobody told me to do this. I just wanted to do this because, when you're sponsor of your show for five years, they understand and they get it and they want to help people the same way. I mean, it makes me very proud to be saying Kroger a couple of times every show uh, and brag on them tonight as well for everything that Kroger uh, not only does for Dog Nation, but how they, they step up and try to help people when there's a need that comes their way like that. So I hope Toys for Cook Kids, I hope they got 
everything they wanted. I hope hope they got everything they wanted to try and help as many people in Adele, Georgia, as they possibly could. Now, that's a great story. I hope you guys like that story as well. Like I said, that's what it's all about. Um, That's probably one of the best uses of a Kroger gift card I could ever imagine. And we've given away, I don't know, we've probably given away $5,000 worth of gift cards on Before the Hedges. When you think about what we've done over the years, years and years, weeks and weeks, giving out gift cards on Before the Hedges. Um, I'm going to take a quick pass through uh, Facebook. Uh, Bill Tucker, thanks for watching. Sharon Clausen, Danny Carmichael, Debbie Boswell Younger. Uh, Kyle Martin, thanks for the spell check. It is Adele, like uh, dude, I'm getting Adele. Or in Georgia, or as in Georgia, running backs coach Dell McGee. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for all the likes that I see on the feed. Uh, thanks for you know I see some people that have shared their feed with with some of the other people on their Facebook pages and everything. Appreciate that because really views and everything does matter. But really, it's just kind of spreading the word, spreading the engagement out as well, which matters. Um, Um, Philip Jordan Wells wants to know about portal news. Um, Jimmy Durham, just suspensions. Recruiting, UGA losing, which coach would hurt recruiting the most? Well, Jimmy, I, I can answer that question by saying I think the most effective recruiters on the Georgia staff, uh, I would say Travion Scott's in there now. I would say Matt Luke's in there now. Uh, Del McGee, uh, Todd Hartley. Um, uh, those guys are really good. Charlton Warren, those guys are really good at what they do. And, and listen, I just, I just – forgot two very obvious names, which would be in the top third of the staff. I think in terms of what, how they get it done on the recruiting trail, that would be Kirby Smart, Dan Lanning, and Glenn Schumann as well. Uh, I think losing, uh, losing Dell would really hurt a lot. And I think losing, uh, losing a guy like Schumann or Lanning would really hurt a lot, along with a guy like Warren and Scott, because those guys have gotten a lot of juice over this last cycle in terms of really helping the program and really helping the program get a lot of those priority target guys signed and into the class, uh, into the class as well. Um, it's a good question there. Let me see if uh, Christopher White, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Ryan Elwood has a question about um, uh, Sam Horn at quarterback for 2022. So Sam Horn, we wrote about Travis Hunter recently. Sam Horn is a lifelong Tennessee fan. He feels that Georgia is basically recruiting him just warm enough to keep the fires burning. Missouri is a school that really is recruiting him with a lot of great effort. He feels wanted. Sam's also a great baseball player. He's about 6'4", but a lifelong Tennessee fan. But Tennessee is not really recruiting him with the intensity. It feels like that, you know, he's a priority. He's one of their guys. Uh, Lifelong Tennessee fan. Great kid. I remember talking to him this year, and uh, it was a joy to speak with him. He said his favorite movie was Forrest Gump. Uh, I remember him saying that because uh, he thought the movie had everything. And he's got kind of that aw shucks, amazing to be here, love life type personality that, that Forrest Gump has as well. But he is also the number four, I think, pro-style quarterback in the country, uh, number 97 overall in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, really strong player out of Collins Hill, and he'll be back next year uh, with the Matrix Travis Hunter as well. Um Let me see, uh, going through a lot of questions. Uh, Philip Jordan Wells, man, I wanted to say thanks for the question and uh, good for, uh, good for, <laughs> good to see you around. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the geography lesson as well. I know it was Cook. I didn't think it was Cook County like Chicago, though. Um, at, John William Adams has a question. I think 2022 is going to be a normal 22, 23 type size class. Um, 
Chad Buchanan has a wish for uh, run it back 99 with unfinished business. Thanks for all the questions guys as well. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us on a, uh, on a Wednesday night. Let me check YouTube, take one last lap around YouTube uh, to make sure uh, I, I can kind of catch up with what's on everybody's mind right there. Um, let's see. Uh, Brian McPhail, I think the spots are about three. Uh, but I think the spots do not necessarily include 2021 signees. Um, Trey Edwards, how are you? Uh, Jeremy Barbary. Hey, man, I'll, I'll look for it, man. I, uh, I, I try to answer, accept a lot of requests on Facebook. Um, Justin Farmer brings up this point. Let me, let me a little point right here how he feels. Uh, dog fans, we get excited every year. We get that hype, but then get disappointed by the end of the season. This year won't be a disappointment. We finally have an offense. I think the offense is definitely there. Um, the offense definitely needs to be there. Um, yeah. Uh, if you guys saw that video we just showed, uh, I, I'm scrolling through and seeing some questions. I just wanted you to guys to see that video of the day Brock Vandegrift signed with Georgia. I wanted to bring it to you earlier in the uh, last couple of weeks, but uh, haven't been able to do that. Um, there you go, guys. It has been another Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. We told you about the 2022 top targets. We were able to share some of those initial good stories about the 2020, 2020, 2022 class. You guys learned about toys for cook kids. Uh, you guys saw the day Brock Vandegrift signed with UGA. Um, good things, all things considered. I think this is getting the new year off to a very good start. Lots of good Georgia football news. JT Daniels. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, James Cook, a lot of big guys coming back. Sadly, we all knew that Richard LeCount III was going to move on to that Sunday league. I tweeted it out when I saw his announcement. I can't think of anybody that's given more uh, that could possibly pour more of themselves in over four years into a football program than what Richard LeCount has for the University of Georgia. Um, just the definition of a special player to cover, a special player to watch and a special family to be around as well. Uh, I remember the first trips I took down to Riceboro, uh, Georgia, to check out that family, that small community. I learned about um, Richie driving when he was probably 10, 11 years old, and he wasn't supposed to. Just just going to drive drive the car around to get to the local basketball court. I learned how that special family uh, decided not to, sh to celebrate his birthday in a military community on September 11th because that was a very sad day for our nation. Um, Lots of lots of stories. The stories about Richie, I, I could write a book one day about Richie because it would be a very good one. Um, but anyway, that's a Wednesday night. That's been Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jeff Sintel. Uh, check us out tomorrow morning. We got Brandon Adams, Dog Nation Daily, uh, 10 a.m. Mike Griffith, Connor Riley for all the team here at Dog Nation. I want to thank you guys for spending a little portion of your Wednesday with us again. Uh, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Let's go. Have a great I'm weekend. I'm a bulldog. So George is who I'm picking. I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.